quite all right, really. I checked the weather forecast, and he said we were too far south for Storm Dennis. So we were quite confident. So I, I knew the water, and I knew that there were a few little ripples that were going to be all right. So we set off, intending to go a bit of fishing. But after a little while, the waves started to get a little bit more, and then a bit of a breeze kicked up. And then we saw these great big black clouds rolling across, and I thought, never mind. We're used to storms on the Sea of Galilee. We'll be all right. And besides that, we had Jesus on the boat. But then, the winds got a bit stronger. And the waves got a bit rougher. And the clouds got a bit wetter. <laughs> now, if you could indulge me this morning, I'd like you to provide a little bit of sound effects. <laughs> so, down on the lower deck, if you could provide a bit of wind noise, but not the kind you get with baked beans... But I kind of get on a blustery day. So when my colleague here holds up the wind, there you go, there's no the wind, see? Very good. And then the upper deck, <clears throat> you can be the thunderstorms, so you might want to sort of stamp your feet on the floor and whatever. But not too loud. We haven't checked these pillars recently for how strong they are. <laughs> and then when the waves got bigger, we wanted kind of bit of waves, right? Except they were Mexican waves, so we'll start over here and we'll kind of go across that way. That's very good. Not actually bigger waves than that. You're going to have to stand up, right? right a bit of, bit of waves, and right, 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 right across. Okay. So there we were on our boat doing a bit of fishing. But then, as the winds got a bit stronger, and the thunder got a bit louder, and the waves got a bit bigger. We started to get just a little bit worried. So we pulled in the fishing nets, even though there were nothing in them. And we thought, we better, we better start to do something here. But then we started to try to get ashore. And uh, the wind was getting stronger. And the thunderstorms were getting louder. And, and the waves are getting even bigger. And we started getting a bit of a panic here. I said, where's Jesus? I said, oh, he's asleep in the back of the boat. Well, I don't know how he got asleep with all that going on, all the crashing, banging and waves and stuff. But he was asleep. And the wind got stronger. And the thunder got louder. And the waves got bigger. But still, he was asleep in the back of the boat. So we went and said, Jesus, you've got to wake up. You've got to do something here. Oh, really? He said, what's the matter? I said, can't you hear the storm? The wind's getting louder. And the thunder's getting louder. And the waves are getting bigger. And you know what he did? Nothing. He just walked to the front of the boat and he held up his own sign. <laughs> and, and, and the wind had stopped. And the thunder had stopped. And the waves went calm. And I said, what's all that about? Peace. Be still. Oh, it's really good having Jesus on your boat. Very good. I've got to get myself Trevor's version of the Bible, eh? 
So, welcome to Miracle, first of two services, looking at two of Jesus' miracles, and as you've just heard, we're looking at Jesus calming the storm this morning. Yeah, miracles. What do we think of miracles? Do they still exist? Yeah? The miracles that we read about in the Bible, particularly uh, in the Gospels and the New Testament, uh, I've got a very specific purpose, and that's what I'd just like to chat about initially, first of all. When we see a miracle or read about a miracle like we've just heard from Trevor, what we're experiencing, I think, is God's kingdom of heaven power coming and having an effect on life here on earth. That's what a miracle is. That's what kind of miracles that Jesus did. And, you know, we get a clue in the Lord's Prayer where he teaches us to pray, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And whenever that happens, that's a miracle. That's God breaking into our world here and now today. I'm currently reading a book by a lady called Wendy Mann, and it's called Naturally Supernatural. Really good book. I recommend it. And I think that's a really helpful title when we come to think about miracles. They are naturally supernatural. That's what Jesus did. And she says this in her book, you only have to skim read the Gospels to realize that Jesus' major focus was on proclaiming and demonstrating the kingdom. That's the rule and reign of God wherever he went. Now, everywhere Jesus went, the kingdom broke in. People were healed. Some even got raised from the dead. People got set free from spiritual oppression and brought back into community. Words of knowledge opened people's hearts. Food was multiplied. And as we've heard this morning, a storm was calmed. It's a great book. Get it and have a read. Today's miracle is an example of what Wendy Mann is talking about. Jesus proclaiming and demonstrating his kingdom, the rule and reign of God here on earth as it is in heaven. And here at New Life, we believe Jesus' miracle work continues in people's lives today. That's why we pray for people every Sunday. And our experience over the past five years is that the kingdom of heaven is still transforming people's lives here in North Yorkshire in 2020. So maybe you are engulfed in your own storm right now and you just can't see a way out of it. You're starting to go under like these disciples were. I would encourage you to come over at the end of the service and we'd love to help you pray that through with Jesus and listen to God for his solutions for your situation. So in the meantime, let's get ourselves in the boat with Jesus and his disciples to see what we can learn from this specific miracle. And I just want to ask three questions of the text. And the first one is, where are we heading? Actually, the disciples weren't going fishing. They were going to the other side of the lake for a very specific purpose. Jesus was breaking new ground for the kingdom of God. And that was the context for his journey to the other side of the lake. And the context for the storm on the lake. He had a Holy Spirit appointment with a man across the lake in the region of the Gerasenes. That was Gentile territory. And this man needed set free from his demons. That's why they were going to the other side of the lake. 
Jesus was fulfilling Isaiah's prophecy about him. We said this, he read it out in Luke chapter 4 earlier in the story where it says this, the Spirit has sent me to proclaim freedom for the prisoners, to set the oppressed free, to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. And Jesus was going to do that on the other side of the lake for one person. So when we get in the boat with Jesus, we shouldn't expect things to be plain sailing. The Christian life's not the easiest life. In many ways, it's the hardest life, but it's also the best. But we encounter storms on the way. Indeed, we all encounter storms in our lives, wherever we believe. Creation is groaning from the effects of sin in our world and the way we treat it. And we see that in the storm on the lake. And our enemy, the devil, will also oppose our attempts to bring the blessings of the kingdom of heaven to the people of earth. Now, the squall that came up could have been a natural phenomenon, could have just been a storm, or perhaps more sinister than that. We don't know. We're not told, and and so I'm not sure it really matters. Luke doesn't tell us the reason for the storm, other than that there was one. What matters is that Jesus was anointed by the Spirit to set people free, and there was a man on the other side of the lake who needed to be set free. So nothing was going to stop Jesus from doing exactly that. Whether it was natural opposition he faced or supernatural opposition, Jesus had authority over it. That's what the Bible tells us. And the same is true for us today. You know, when Jesus rose again and ascended to heaven, he told his disciples that I've got authority on heaven and earth. And then he sent them out. He passed it on to them uh, for them to operate under his authority. So when the man was set free, Luke tells us that he wanted to go with Jesus. And that's a natural thing. Jesus had saved his life, so he wanted to stay with him. But Jesus told him specifically to stay in the town and tell the people all the good things that God had done for him. And that's exactly what he did. He told the whole city what Jesus had done for him. And as a result, the good news of the kingdom of God reached a whole new territory, all because Jesus rescued one man. Now, I find that inspiring. It's inspiring because I often find myself thinking, well, what difference can I make in this situation? Some of the things that we face are so big and so massive that we end up being frozen by the size of the problem. But here we see in Jesus' actions that we don't need to be and that we can actually make a difference. And when we say to ourselves, what difference can I make? Jesus' answer to that is, well, actually, you can make a big difference. Just follow the cry for help and see where it takes you, and I will do the rest. Jesus followed a cry for help from the other side of the lake, and he transformed the man's life, and that transformed that region on the other side of Galilee. So where are you heading with the good news of Jesus tomorrow. Wherever you find yourself, here's my advice. Follow the cry for help. Wherever it comes from, you follow that and ask God to help you, the Spirit of the Lord to help you, and he will equip you to help and will watch over you 
as you go. So I'm just going to stop for a moment. I'm going to invite someone forward to come and pray that over us, that God will be with us and direct us to the cry for help in the week ahead. Thank you, Kate. Father God, we thank you for your presence here with us this morning. I thank you, Lord God, for the word that Glenn is bringing. And I pray, Lord God, for each and every one of us here today that you will anoint us afresh, Lord God, to take your word into the community. I pray, Lord God, that you will anoint our feet, our hands, and every word that we speak tomorrow, wherever we go. I pray, Lord God, for our workplaces, for those that are retired, for those that are at home. Wherever we may be tomorrow, Lord God, we ask that you would just anoint each one of us to take the gospel forth. And we just give you all praise and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thanks, Kate. That's a great prayer. So where are we heading? Second question. In the eye of the storm, where is your faith? That's the question Jesus asked the disciples in the boat when they wake him up. Where's your faith? It wasn't looking good. The boat was swamped by the storm. Water was pouring in and Corporal Fraser woke Jesus up and said, we're doomed. He wasn't in the boat. But it was the same kind of mindset, wasn't it? They feared the worst. So they said, Master, Master, we're going to drown. Now, I'm not quite sure what Jesus expected them to do because he kind of rebuked them for that. But waking him up seems like a good idea to me. And of course, it worked. He saved them. He helped them. So when the storm comes, and whatever shape or form it comes to you, often that's when we discover where we have placed our faith. We discover in the eye of the storm where our faith is really is. Now, we may not like the experience, but it is, however, an opportunity for us to grow in our faith. And God, God uses these situations to develop our faith, and that's what he was doing with his disciples. So when we find ourselves in situations beyond our control, we often realize that we need God's help. And at this point in the story, Jesus' disciples hadn't figured out just exactly who Jesus was. But nevertheless, they do know that he's the only one in the boat who might be able to help them. Now, the Bible is full of this kind of emergency call to God for help, and so is life. You know, when we get stuck, we cry out to God for help, don't we? You just need to look at the Bible to see that. The book of Psalms, there's 150 of them. And, you know, many of them are loud cries to God for him to help where he doesn't seem to be anywhere to be seen. And yet the psalmists persist and ask God for his help. They don't dial 999, they dial 150, 150 psalms that we have available to us to help us to cry out to God for help. Shouting to God even, where are you? Please, will you help me? People of faith and people of no faith still say this prayer today. God, help me. In our so-called scientific age, when our backs are against the wall, there is something in us, and I would say it's our souls, which know extensively who to go to for help. So don't let your pride stop you from turning to God in your hour of need. But don't leave it at that either. Once he helps you, don't just go on your merry way. When God helps you, don't forget to say thank you. 
and then start to bring everything to God in prayer. Big things, small things. God, your Father, is interested in them all. Don't let your pride stop you. He wants to show you kingdom of heaven solutions for the situations you are facing here on earth. And the more you do that, the more your faith will rise. And the more miracles you will see, and the more your faith will rise. And the more miracles you will see, and the more your faith will rise. And so on and so on. God is a God of miracles, and He responds to us when we trust in Him and we place our faith in Him. Last question, has it dawned on you who this man is? Who is this man is what the disciples said to each other. Has it dawned on you who He is? In fear and amazement, this is what they said. They asked one another, who is this? He commands even the winds and the water and they obey him. Now, at this point, they don't know the answer to that question. But then they get to the other side of the lake, and a man tormented by demons gives them the answer. Imagine that. The man's demons are afraid of Jesus too, just like the disciples were. And rightly so, they were afraid of him, because they were doing wrong to this man. And so he cries out, what do you want with me, Jesus, son of the most high God? He identifies who Jesus is. What did Jesus want with him? He wanted to set him free. And that's what he did. And when the people from the town came out to see what was going on, they found this man who had previously terrorized them. And it says he was sitting at Jesus' feet, dressed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. It was too much for them. They couldn't cope with the sheer goodness of Jesus. And so they asked him to leave. What a tragedy. The man, on the other hand, was finally at home in his own skin. I don't think he'd ever been that before. Instead of evil spirits, he had God's spirit within him, teaching him, counseling him, empowering him to be the person God had created him to be. The person that at the moment only Jesus could see. Only Jesus could see who this man should be. And now that he could see Jesus, he also could see who he was meant to be too. Has it dawned on you who this man is? He is the Son of God Most High. And the sooner we realize this and acknowledge it, the sooner we'll be set free to become the people God has created us to be. Sons and daughters of the Most High God. Yes, that's right. We become part of God's family. Completely secure in our identity, our inheritance, and authority. Called to be like Jesus here at the heart of North Yorkshire. Sleeping peacefully every night in the everlasting arms of Abba Father, just like Jesus did. Bringing creation back into order under the authority of Jesus Christ, our Lord. And setting people free in the power of the Holy Spirit, clothing them with Christ, with a renewed mind and a good news story to tell. Just like to finish by us saying the Lord's Prayer together. Shall we do that now? 
Our Father in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. God bless you.